Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome everyone to the Story Box. This is the place to be if you're a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, growing abundantly, and if you want to improve your overall life. My name is Jay Phantom, and I've made it my purpose to unbox and share the amazing stories from people of every profession all over the world. I'm grateful that you're here today. Let's journey into the Story Box together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. Welcome everyone back to the Story Box. For those of you that don't know who I am, my name is Jay Phantom. Yes, Phantom is my last name and I'm glad that it is my last name. <laughs> but today, my friends, is going to be a very a very uh, great conversation in the fact that I have a trauma expert. Now, every single one of us goes through trauma and I have no doubt that this conversation you're about to hear is going to help many of you uh, that are struggling with the aftermath of a traumatic uh, experience. But Dr. Sarah Woodhouse is my guest today. Now, she might not be a very well-recognized name, but she will very well be uh, very soon, I have no doubt. And here is why. Now, trauma affects each and every one of us on a daily basis, some more than others. Each and every one of us has uh, trauma from our past, present, and even into the future. And that is why I really, really wanted to have Sarah on the show because I have experienced a number of different traumas in my life and I've always wondered how in the world was I able to get overcome my trauma and I want to help you guys as well. I want to help you understand why trauma exists in the first place, why uh or how, more, more or less, can we overcome and break free from the trauma and not be so stuck in it? Because that's what trauma does. It leaves us with scars and wounds, and that can be triggered at any moment of, of time. So Dr. Sarah Woodhouse is not only a trauma expert, but she's a research psychologist, author, coach, and creator of the Freedom Process dedicated to empowering you to break free from trauma and create the life that you want. She's also created and written a beautiful book called You're Not Broken, Break Free from Trauma and Reclaim Your Life. Now, each and every one of you need to pick up a copy. I'm not saying you want to pick up a copy. I'm saying you need to get one and have it in your bookshelf or somewhere very close to you because this book is literally going to make make waves. Uh, it is already a, a number two best-selling book on Amazon. Uh, people are, are buying this book left, right, and center, and for damn good reason. Uh, it is a very special book. It is going to help many of you, I have no doubt, uh, realize that you don't have to remain chained to trauma. You can overcome it, but go and get a copy wherever books are sold. Trust me, I have my copy right here in my hands. It's a signed copy, so I'm very special. <laughs> but uh, trust me when I say this, this conversation is going to help many, many of you. So a little bit more about uh, Dr. Sarah before we dive into the story box today. She has researched trauma for over a decade as an academic. She still researches trauma today, but now her research helps uh, create cutting-edge online courses and open-hearted self-help books, which is You're Not Broken, instead of research papers. We all carry trauma in one way or another, like I was saying. We can't truly thrive until we break free from our past traumas. This is why Dr. Sarah writes, creates programs, and 
uh, keeps researching and learning as much as possible so she can help you move on and then create the life that you guys want. The freedom process is the outcome of 15 years of research, learning, talking, listening, and experiencing. It is also the outcome of her own personal journey of recovery, healing, growth, and thriving. And um, by the way, her book, You're Not Broken, was published by Penguin Random House, which is the, the largest publishing company uh, in the world, literally. And um, seriously, go and get a copy of the book. I won't stop saying it. But what else uh, about Sarah that you might want to know? She was born and raised just outside of Oxford in the UK and spent most of her adult life living and working in London. Her academic research was funded by the UK's Medical Research Council and her PhD explored how different ways of thinking, feeling, and being affected uh, trauma symptoms. Uh, she became a research psychologist and was a political lobbyist for the music industry, and I bet none of you knew that. And two years ago, she moved to Australia with her husband and three kids. Um, and she says this is the, the this was the bravest, hardest thing, uh, but also the best and most tiring thing she has ever done. So, what specifically has Dr. Sarah recovered from? Well, uh, one uh, one kind of a psychologist would say she's recovered from anorexia and generalized anxiety, which I can relate to. A different type of therapist would call it a complete disconnection from body and spirit. Uh, someone from the 12-step uh, fellowships like Alcoholics Anonymous would call it addiction to undereating and spiritual bankruptcy. And yeah, I can relate to all that, which we do talk about on the show. Anyway, I won't uh, continue talking because I want you guys to really, really enjoy this conversation with Dr. Sarah. Uh, so please, if you do get something from it, I have no doubt that you will share it around to everyone that you know. This is a message that needs to be spread far and wide uh, amongst all the other messages that I have been bringing to you guys this week, but this one especially because we all struggle with it. Um, so help build the community. Go and let Sarah know what you thought of this episode by tagging her on Instagram and you can find more of her work now, Dr. S uh, or just sarahwoodhouse.com. Uh, and go and get a copy of a book. There it is again. Um, but anyway, guys, that's enough from me. Let's dive into the story box and listen to the wisdom and the advice of the expert on trauma, Dr. Sarah Woodhouse. Thank you so much. I'm so, so happy to be here. Really am. I'm so happy to have you here because like I was saying to you uh, just before we started this, uh, I believe that trauma is... A conversation that needs to be had uh, especially in today's day and age and I think there's not uh, many people that actually talk too much about it or do a lot of research about it and I think that needs to change so I, I just want to acknowledge you firstly for doing this work in particular doing this, this deep dive study uh, and I can't wait to to unbox and and dive further into it yeah, no, you're so right. It's, it is such an important conversation. I think over the last probably 10 years, it's, I think it's a word we've got a little bit more comfortable with, but I'd say we're, we're quite far from being very comfortable with it. Mm. And my hope, like really, truly, my, my dearest hope is that over the next five years or whatever it might be, that we're as comfortable talking about trauma as we are, say, talking about anxiety or depression, which we've seen massive shifts, haven't we, in terms of how comfortable we are all are um, about talking about those things. They're part of life. We understand them. They they feel very human. They're, 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 there's, I, I understand there's still more to be done in terms of how how um, comfortable we all speak about those things. But but there's been shifts and I, and I hope that trauma follows that same trend because, because it's, it's, it's a reaction. It's a human reaction. It's something that we've all experienced to a greater or lesser extent. It's something our families, our kids, our, our parents will experience. It's something that we'll experience. Um, and, and yet we push it away. We're, we're afraid that we're still in that space where we're like, Oh, that just sounds a bit too close to the bone. Like that just sounds a bit too intense. No one wants trauma, right? That's the thing, it, it, especially with, we, we associate. So when we hear the word trauma, I think we think PTSD. So it's like the two are locked together when actually that is not true. It's it's very far from the truth. So PTSD is the top end of the spectrum. And then there's 
much the same as anxiety, say, where you've got generalized anxiety disorder up here. And then you we've all experienced anxiety, right? We all understand what it is. It's the same thing. You know, so the trauma symptoms are broad and in one way or another, we've all experienced them. So we all need to gently, you know, as as gently as we can kind of um, move towards this topic rather than keep backing away from it. And especially like all of us have experienced some form of stress. I think quite often the stress leads to so many other more problems really. Um, And you're right. I think that we are heading there and it's because of people like yourself that actually take the time to do some more research into these, this particular topic and really uncover things that need to be further research and dive into. Um, and I guess the first question that I want to ask going, moving away from my normal traditional form of, of formatting is why do we have trauma in the first place and where does trauma actually come from? Is it just a experience that we have or is it something more to it than that? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's a really important one. Cause I think as soon as, as soon as it's laid bare, people go, okay, I can, I can deal with that. That doesn't sound quite as kind of scary or confusing or complicated as I thought it was. So essentially trauma is a reaction. Okay. So, so it can be a reaction to a really big, severe event, as you just said, 70 to 90% of us are going to experience those one of at least one of those big, severe experiences, um, in our life. So it can be a reaction to that, but it can also be a reaction to a much more commonplace everyday experience. Mm. And that's the truth. And I think that's the piece of the puzzle where people go, oh, okay. So how's that then? How can we have a reaction, a traumatic reaction to that and to that? Well, it's all to do with, with three things really. So at the base of a traumatic reaction is uh, overwhelm, a sense of threat and feeling really out of control. So if we deal with any experience in our life, and this is particularly true of kids, right? If you imagine how easy it is to feel overwhelmed when you're a child, how easy it is to feel threatened when you're a child, how easy it is to feel out of control. Okay. So, so, so they're, 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 they're prone to them. It's, it's easy for them to, to trip um, and, and it into this sort of base of that traumatic reaction, have those reactions to an every, to a relatively everyday experience. So yes, they can be the big severe experiences they can be the common everyday experiences um trips and falls near misses experiences within relationships you know experiences within parental relationships obviously when we're thinking about kids that's particularly relevant so thinking about things like feeling unseen and unheard feeling unloved um feeling emotionally neglected all all of those i would say relatively commonplace um childhood experiences I'm a mum. I'm imperfect. You know, I'm certain that there's experiences that my children have felt. They are they are normal human um, aspects of parenting as we're all juggling busy lives. The key then is, okay, well, if it's so much part of life, what do I do if 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 the reaction occurs? So what I'm saying is we don't need to be afraid. If you learn about it, you, you learn actually that it's very, very possible to heal. Um, because if we don't, we can become stuck in that reaction. And that's another main message is if you're experiencing a lot of difficulties today, you know, that the, you gave a great summary of them at the beginning of our conversation. If you're experiencing sort of repetitive or high levels of anxiety, shame, people pleasing, um, and or just having a difficult time, you know, or struggling with your coping mechanisms of ways of coping, and it's happening repetitively and often, I would say, just consider, just consider the idea that what you're experiencing today is a reaction to something that happened in the past. And that's all I'm saying. It's an idea. I'm not saying it definitely is. It isn't for everyone, but we know that that react, that initial reaction that can, that happens in the past, we know that people can kind of get stuck in it they kind of get stuck in a loop of reactions of these like emotional, cognitive, behavioral reactions. And that's why it's all about repetition because they get stuck in these loops, right? And that's why 10 years later, 20 years later, 30 years later, we can actually trace it back to a time when you felt overwhelmed, threatened and out of control. Why do people feel so afraid of trauma or even just 
uncovering certain aspects of their life that were traumatic? Why are they afraid? Oh, it's such an interesting question because it's a really layered answer, I would say, to that. Part, part of the traumatic reaction is, is avoidance. So that's a big red flag for me. You know, when people can't be with their feelings, when they can't sit with them, when they can't be still, you know, with their bodies, with themselves, with their feelings, that that's a red flag. That is a, that that's a common symptom of trauma. Mm. So that's, that's relevant, right? If you're really pushing it away and pushing away and you're just putting up that wall, that's that, that avoidant response is a sign that something traumatic went on. So that's the first thing I would say. And then on a more like gentle human level, I would say, I don't know, I would say that, you know, it, we're, all, we're all trying to cope, aren't we? We're all trying to, um, you know, I suppose it comes down to what I first said is no one, you know, no one wants trauma. That's the truth of it. And I think a lot of people perceive it as a weakness. And I think that's why I'm trying to be part of that conversation of people saying, this isn't a weakness. This is a normal, natural human reaction. It's a physi- physiological reaction um, to do with our amygdala and our HPA axis. It's, it's natural. It's, it's an impulse. It comes out of us. Um, there is no shame to be had. We can talk about this without shame in the same way that we now can about anxiety. But I think I think that's a big part of it, that people view it as a, a weakness. I think that's the, probably the right word. Mm. I also talk about it like if you have experienced some form of trauma in the past that that avoidance to it i call it like your body's reaction to defend yourself and it's a natural reaction to a a damaging thing and i also talk about what happened to me when i was six and i experienced a trauma i was uh kind of living in like this this days for the better half of 20 almost um 19 years or thereabouts and i kept getting like these flashbacks like there were like these moments in my life where i'll just be like okay did that happen i kind of questioned it but i was too afraid to ask someone that might have known if i did experience that trauma back then so I kept it to myself and I'm like, no, 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 that's not, that didn't happen to me. No way. So I kept walking around my life with this days. Meanwhile, all these other traumas are happening all around me and it's just sparking all these other uh, reactions in my brain and it's creating more fog, creating more days in my mind. And I didn't, I didn't know how to react to it, really. I didn't know how to deal with it. Or heal from it because how can you if you don't even know that it's really there until it was made known or made clear to me by someone that yes you did go through this and then the veil was kind of like lifted and i'm like oh great now now i've got to do all this all this time that has passed since going through it now i've got to do this this hard work and i think it's also the fear of doing the work to heal from it. That's also like I agree. another hard thing for people to go through because they almost like they've got to relive that traumatic experience in order to get past it and, and heal from it. So yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. I really, I, yeah, I really, I really hear you and you have, you have articulated it so incredibly well, you know, that, I, I, that, that's trauma, you know, what, how, what you've just articulated, that sense of disconnection, that daze that I'm just not quite here. You know, it's in, in part for a lot of people, that's dissociation from me. That was a big part of my life was again, why, why aren't I here? Why do I keep spacing out? Just feeling like I was living in a bit of a dream mm. and then a similar experience of actually not someone from my life, but a therapist saying, um, everything you're experiencing to me really looks and sounds a lot like trauma. And I wasn't ready at all. I just like, it was just wall straight up. No way. I do not have trauma. I just stuck my fingers in my ears, you know, I just wasn't ready. Um, and, and, and 
of course it, it didn't go away and I, and I eventually had to face it when I was ready sort of I'd say it was about three or four years after that but the thing I would say is you know the truth is you don't have to go back and relive that is important and i would and i would want all all your listeners to to understand that that there are lots of different ways to heal trauma and it, it's interesting the looking back piece that deep deep trauma work that reprocessing um a lot of people do do especially if your symptoms are up at that higher end but if we're looking down this end you know say someone that isn't having that kind of um intense dissociation that i did um, there, there's, there's a lot of other stuff that we can do. It's really about looking at today and healing today, you know, working on our beliefs, working on our coping mechanisms. Um, and, and if we start there, we, we quite quickly learn if we do have to have those intense conversations. But I think that that is an important message for me in the book is we, we heal our trauma by looking at today. We heal today. You know, we heal the reaction today. And if we do so with honesty and a real like sense of authenticity and insight and connection to ourselves and are, and are open with those around us, if we do need to go deeper, we'll know. We'll know if we do, but not everyone does. Mm. Was it because of your own past experiences with trauma that you decided to go down this road and become a doctor, a psychologist in your own uh, right and deal specifically with trauma? Oh, a hundred percent. But I was in so much denial. I didn't know that's why I was doing it. Mm. Honestly, it was, it's just mad. I, I, I do write about this in the book. I, I remember, I remember, so I worked with, um, a therapist for about five years. It wasn't weekly sessions, but essentially she was in my life for about five years. We're still in touch now and incredible, very, very patient woman. I did a lot of my own trauma, my trauma work with her on my relational trauma. Um, and I remember saying to her, I, I write about this in the book and I'm not making it up. I remember saying, um, do, do you think I've got PTSD? Mm. I said that one session. I said, do you, do you think I've got PTSD? And, and she said, let me just say that I don't think it's a coincidence that you have dedicated your life to learning and understanding PTSD we all reach out for the things that can heal us, you know? And, and there was just this moment of like, oh, I get it. Okay, so I, I'm searching for answers because they'll help me heal as we all do, right? And we all drawn to the things that can help us heal, help our beautiful bodies, our, you know, our minds, our spirits heal and grow. Um, so I would say that the same, the same is true of most people. We, we reach for the things that we need, even if we're not consciously aware of what we're why we're doing it, which I wasn't at the time. I wasn't aware, even though it was so blindingly obvious. I mean, a, a therapist had just suggested to me I had trauma. And four months later, I was walking up to the University of Sussex saying, I'd really like to study trauma. But it's only looking back now, you know, 15 years later, that I'm like, oh, that's curious. <laughs> Wow. So yeah, right. How long did it actually take you to heal from your trauma or are you still healing from it? Oh, I'm still healing. We all are. And there's, there's no, no point pretending otherwise, you know, but I, I would say that of every single human, there is never a moment that we go, right, I'm done. I am totally fixed. You know, you dust off your hands and I'm perfect. I'm baked. I'm cooked. Mm -hmm. Um, no, there's, there's always more work to do. And I think the thing that I've learned is that the weller I get and the stronger I feel, the, the, the weller I want to be and the stronger I want to be, you know, it's a, and I'm, and I'm more willing to go deeper or, it, you know, what's that, that phrase you hear people say a lot, you know, people are onions. It's just so true, isn't it? You peel off a layer and then there's something underneath it. So there's always something, you know, in life. And if, and, and I would especially say if you're, committed to, to to growth and personal development in the way that I suspect you are and I certainly am that necessarily entails change right so you're constantly growing constantly changing so of course new stuff comes up so for me for example I am not a natural uh, kind of businesswoman I, I'm, I just it, that is not the sphere for me I I've worked in politics I've worked in NGOs and I've worked in psychology of course but that business thing for me is like way over there. Never thought I'd be part of it. 
But of course, when you publish a book or you start up, you're trying to do these kind of online resources for people. Suddenly I'm having to learn about these things and it's uncomfortable. So, so there's a lot of growth that I'm having a lot of reactions to. I can be triggered around it, certainly. So as, as we reach for something new, of course, that can bring up old stuff for us. So I'm just constantly he- constantly healing, constantly growing, constantly learning about myself. Mm. And, and I was about to say what a joy that is, but the honest truth is some days that that's, it's intense. And, and you can feel like, oh, hang on, have I, I've, I've, I mean, I've been working on myself now for about 20 years. Can it, can it, can there really be more? Oh my goodness. Um, but ultimately I, I reap the rewards. You do, you do. Absolutely. You know, you get such a full life and such a full connection to other people. If you're happy to, to go there and have the hard conversations and have the hard conversations about yourself, mm. you know, to sort of be really honest um, and to take personal responsibility. I appreciate you sharing that because, you know, like I was saying before, I'm only 24 and been through a lot. I understand it. But if I didn't go through it, I wouldn't be who I am today. That's for a fact. Even though I'm still healing, even though it is a daily occurrence where I wake up and I think, okay, well, here we go again what can I do today that is going to better improve me, that is going to give the most out of my life and not go back to the, the negative thinking all the time, not go back to the depression, not go back to uh, people pleasing all the time because that is so easy to do. And it's kind of like if I don't have the strength and I don't create my good habits for healing every single day, then it's easy for me to go back to that because that's what trauma does is it, it never goes away. You just learn how to manage it better. And those healing practices that it's like creating good habits um, in your life every single day that you wake up. And um, I love how you, you mentioned the onions because it reminded <laughs> me of Shrek and how it was like uh, donkey says, Oh, you're wrapped up in layers onion boy. You're afraid of your own feelings. It's kind of like, <laughs> like that very thing for a lot of men, especially. And I know that to be true for me. Cause I, I even, even today, like waking up, I was like, Oh, now I've got to work on my feelings again. How am I feeling today? Am I feeling better? Am I feeling worse? How am I doing? So it's kind of like evaluating yourself every single day and I think that for a lot of people that do experience trauma they put up these these masks and they go about their life just you know same old mundane routines they don't really feel like opening up and I know this to be true because that was me for a period of time Mm -hmm. so for people that are wondering right now okay well dr sarah has spoken about healing from trauma and jay sort of mentioned a little bit about it so what are some things that we can do that are going to help a person that is like because we're all at different levels right so from the person that is at the ground level middle level and the extreme level how can we can we break this down like how can we help each and every one of them or is it the same principles? We can we can try to certainly. The first thing I would say is that in the book, I've there are seven tools at the back, and that was really important to me to write um, write something that actually included a really practical application for people. So if you're interested, um, that you know that'll be coming up. It's out March thirtieth, and there are seven very practical. I've kept them as simple as I possibly can, you know, so that people can use them in their daily life and begin to explore this stuff. Um, but I, the honest truth is because trauma symptoms are so, so broad, everyone's approach to healing is, can be different. I mean, not everyone's, you know, but pe- people's can be quite different. They can be quite unique. That's the first thing I would say. So there isn't a, right, okay, now you all have to go and do this, which actually on podcasts makes it a bit tricky because people say, how can you heal? And I go, well, it's a little complicated. Um, that, that's the truth. So it's really broad. 
Um, everyone's journey is different. It depends on what you're experiencing. So I tend to break down the symptoms into three main categories. So cognitive, so low self-belief, um, repetitive thinking, negative thinking, catastrophizing, all that kind of mind stuff. And then the body stuff. So the physical and emotional reactions that are going on. And then the behavioral stuff, which I think a lot of people kind of seem to come to at the end, but it's a really key piece of it is how are you coping with your feelings? Are you tending to use kind of avoidant coping mechanisms, as we said, or avoidant strategies? So I would say it's really going to depend, your approach is going to depend on which one is, is causing you the most problems, is, is, the, is taking up the most energy in your life. Some of you might say it's all three, in which case I would absolutely say, you know, if, you, if you're experiencing uh, symptoms in each three of those and they're, and they're at a high level, and it's really causing you, you're feeling very stuck in them, then get help, you know, go find, find a great psychotherapist, a great clinical psychologist, um, whoever it might be, whoever feels good, whoever feels safe and comfortable, um, start that journey, get some help. Um, and for others who perhaps are experiencing symptoms in only one of those categories or at a much lower level, there's a ton of stuff we can do at home. You know, there really is. And it's all about awareness to start with. It's all about learning about trauma, learning, um, learning how it shows up in our lives and, and really educating it ourselves. And, and it's, it's, that is a key piece because suddenly we become clear, you know, suddenly we can see the patterns we're stuck in. Suddenly we can see when we're triggered. So, so one of the tools that I said uh, that is it's called joining the dots. Mm. Um, and I encourage people to kind of keep a, keep a diary for a week or a month where they write down everything that's triggered them. So today I was triggered by whatever it might be by a conversation with my mom, or today I was triggered by, um, uh, it can even be a smell, can't it? A smell or a, or a situation that I was in. So triggers are, are very unique again and, and very broad. And then what was, what was your reaction to that? Mm. And if we want to think about it, okay, what, what comes up, what does it remind you of from the past? Did any images from the past come up with that or, or afterwards? And, and after we've kept that journal for however long it might be a week or two weeks, suddenly we're able to see the patterns. Okay. I'm always triggered when I'm with that certain friend of mine. And then that the triggers are the doorway to healing. They're showing us what needs to be healed because what's happening when we're triggered, as I know, you know, is when we're triggered, we're reminded of a past trauma. Mm. So when, when we're triggered, so when we get that sudden, I'm kind of presuming everyone knows what I mean, but I should probably explain. So triggered means that we're reminded of a past trauma and, and, and we're suddenly flooded. So our fight, flight freeze response clicks in we're flooded by all those hormones and we're going to experience either either or all of those kind of cognitive physical emotional uh, and maybe even behavioral reactions so if you find that you're um, experiencing a very intense emotion or that your thinking is just completely spiraling you're diving into fear um uh, with after or within a, the same type of situation, you know, I'd be, I'd, I'd be using that. I'd be saying, well, you're triggered there. Something's reminded you of a past threat. And that's, that's the doorway that's showing you what you need to heal. That's showing you what it was from your past that has led to this reaction today. Um, but, but, but it, so, so it's a really big answer because it's a really big, broad topic. Depends what we're experiencing. It depends what we want to achieve. Um, yeah, so, so, but that, that's sort of top level. I think you, you explain that with the limited time that we do have to go into it. I think you, you did that perfectly. So appreciate you sharing that and I hope it helps someone that is listening right now. Uh, your new book, you're not broken, which I think is a beautiful title. Uh, very true for every single person listening to this. Um, what was the most challenging part about writing the book? Oh, the most challenging part. Um, it's funny, as you said it, that my three kids popped into my head. So I suspect the honest answer is juggling uh, work life, which is always tricky, isn't it? 
Um, but in terms of writing the book, the part that I found the most difficult and I wrote and rewrote so many times was the chapter on relationships. So the middle three chapters, the first one is how trauma affects our relationships. And then the next one is how trauma affects our health and well-being, and then how trauma affects our work and career and kind of sense of purpose and health and well-being just flowed. It, it was it was easier. It was a joy to write, as was the work and purpose section. It just it just flowed, flowed, flowed. I wrote quickly and, and fluently the relationship chapter because it you know how do you explain how trauma affects relationships? It's such a complicated, um, complicated thing, isn't it? You know all of those dynamics, the the different roles that were playing, the different triggers, the different reactions, uh, the different types of relationships. So explaining such a very intricate um, area of human life in a chapter was really challenging but also now I read it by far the most satisfying like I'm so proud of that chapter I really am I can't wait to get my hands on a copy of this book and actually start reading it relationship (laughs) factor to how we go through trauma and how it actually because it doesn't just affect us I think it it also affects those around us, those closest to us. So for you and your personal experience, how did your trauma affect your close relationships? Oh my God, I feel like I could talk about that for three hours. So I'll try and I'll try and give you a summary. I mean, it's it's just been a train wreck at times, you know, especially when I wasn't aware of what was going on. When I look back, you know, I had um uh, I had eating disorders from the age of um, about 11, you know, so of course that trying to, for my friends and my family, trying to get close to and support someone that has that kind of coping mechanism that is pushing constantly, just pushing people away, um, unable to connect to themselves and their body in the moment. It's just really painful for everyone around me, you know, and when, and when I've been, very triggered in even in my adult life you know in the last kind of 10 years or I was actually re-traumatized um a couple of years ago uh, again you, you kind of vanish don't you mm. I think that that's certainly the way that I think I think if my if my partner was here or my kids were here that's what they would say is I go from being really present feet on the floor laughing in my body to to kind of vanishing pulling back and it's really painful for me and it's really painful for them. That's my personal experience, but I'm sure other people would say it's different. But for me, that's, that's, that's the, that's the sense is like, I'm here one minute and then boop, where's mom gone? And like once yeah. again, you, you zone out <laughs> of really life. Exactly. Like you're not present anymore. Yeah. You're off with the fairies, so to speak in your own little world. Well, you're thrown back. That's what the reaction does. That's exactly what the reaction does. We're triggered, so we're thrown back to the past. So instead of standing here um, as, you know, as my 38-year-old self, as my adult strong, you know, strong self today, I'm thrown back, you know, so I can't be present because I'm I'm, I'm spiraling into the past. I'm, I'm stuck in an old reaction. So healing is all about reconnection. I reconnect to myself today, to my adult self, to the moment so that that's what the healing journey is for all of us, no matter. And in fact, maybe that would have been a better answer to your question before. At the top level, it's all about reconnection. So whether you're experiencing extreme symptoms or lower level symptoms, we're trying to reconnect to the moment, to our adult self, to our strongest self, to our authentic self, to our feelings, to our purpose. And, and that enables us to thrive and live our life instead of constantly, constantly being pulled back to the past. Mm. Purpose is such a big word that holds a great deal of meaning. And everyone seems yeah. to feel like, okay, if you've gone through trauma, if you've gone through depression, you know, I was talking about rejection before, if you've gone through all that, then suddenly you know you don't have a purpose anymore. And I love talking about how I don't know if you experienced this growing up, but whenever you would come up to someone and someone would ask you, okay, what do you want to be when you grow up? Automatically we go, I want to be this. And then when that doesn't happen, Mm. it's kind of like, okay, well, I don't have any sense of purpose or meaning in my life anymore. And then you mix that even further with trauma and it's just tenfolding, becoming even worse. And I know this 
for a fact because it happened with me. So I like to say to young people, and I think you might like this, but we got to do a distinction between I am versus I do. Right now, mm. you are a person with a purpose. You were created and designed with a purpose. You, your character, your, your integrity, all your thoughts, everything about you right now is a purpose. Even your trauma, that was all. It's part of who you are. doesn't matter if it's bad or if it's good. It's still part of you. Own that. Respect yourself for it and value it. Now, what you do, that's secondary. That doesn't even matter, really, because you take who you are into what you do and that you, you're not serving, um, yeah, you're not serving what you do. You're serving who you are and that is going to help like you feel 10 times better. But it's having that, once again, having that mind set shift to okay i understand that i am worthy i'm not broken even though i have been through so much my relationships have suffered along the way but guess what that's all part of the human experience it's all part of life and as hard as it might be it is once again it's for your benefit not your detriment mm, it's so it's so tricky isn't it because I'm, I'm sure you know, really what you're talking about there is post-traumatic growth. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you've heard of that word, you know, and and I and I write I do write about that in the book. This this wonderful because fifth okay, so and this is a really important fact. So yes, 17 to 90% of us experience will experience or have experienced these big severe traumas, but 50 to 70% of us experience traumatic growth. Mm. Okay, so that is massive. It's a really important part of the conversation is what does that look like? What are these people doing? Well, A, it's obviously happening naturally within a lot of people. They're, they're managing to um, understand uh, the, these, the experiences that they have in a way that allows them to grow from them. And that has a lot to do with when you dig down into what the post-traumatic growth, uh, what it actually really looks like. It's a lot to do with opening up to others you know, and the and the positive benefits of that. So the fact that then that allows us to express our emotions. So suddenly we're not kind of clamping down on everything. Um, it allows us to 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 draw close to others and feel supported. It helps us feel seen and heard. You know, all that really important stuff helps us feel safe. It helps our bodies regulate. So if we want post traumatic growth, and I know this is really hard because as I've said trauma makes us push people away it is that avoidant piece of it is really big but having the the strength to to lean on the people around us to lean on the people that we trust and love and open up or even if that's with a therapist you know allowing people in is a really big piece of that and also um as you say using using the experience as that kind of um, line in the sand moment where, or what, you know, like the sliding door moment where, okay, this has happened. It, it, it hurts like hell and, and I'm, and I'm reeling and, and however long you've been reeling for, but as you kind of gain insight around it and you realize that it's a traumatic reaction, it's having that moment where you, you decide what you want to change, you know? So, 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 making the life changes that you maybe wouldn't have if it hadn't have happened. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm here, you know, I've, these things have happened. What do I want from my future? You know, it's that moment when it's almost that life perspective where we all go, okay, this really, really matters. And this I've been looking at and obsessing about that doesn't matter at all and letting go of it and recreating or creating something beautiful for ourselves in terms of our life path, um, it, it is very possible and it happens a lot. And I also am so aware that some people listening to this will be going, what are you talking about? I'm just so not there. And I get it. Like there's a moment for this and there's a moment not for this. You know, there's a moment where all we need to do is be present and feel like really feel and allow ourselves to grieve, you know, and allow ourselves to feel our feelings. 
yes, we, we do do that. And when we're ready and when we've got that support, we also find that hope and that trust that allows us to rebuild, you know, rebuild and find that sense of purpose, which as you say, purpose isn't a doing, it's a being purposes, purposes. It's about reconnection trauma. As I've said, it disconnects us. It disconnects us from our, from our core self, from our strength, from our, all our, from that part of ourselves that's supposed to lead the way and make the decisions for us. That's what it disconnects us from. So as, as we heal, as we break free, we, we reconnect to that part of ourselves and, and, and feel our sense of purpose again. Mm. I think that is, um, that is powerful. So for those people that pick up a copy of your book and they turn to any page at all or any chapter, which one would you recommend they turn to first before actually starting in the book? Oh, what a great question. Um, okay. On, honestly, I may, maybe it's just because you've just spoken about it, but I would go, I would want them to see chapter, I'm going to have to, is it chapter seven? Is the, it's on growth and resilience. It's one of the later chapters. And I talk about this idea of just how possible it is to grow and thrive after hardship and trauma. And I talk about you know, even, even sort of the famous names who have, who people are so shocked when they hear about the level of trauma that these, that these, that these people have experienced and, and look at them now, you know, healthy, happy, successful. And, and I think as a, as a place to start, because that's, that chapter is all about hope, you know, talk about resilience and how to be resilient and how and resilient and how to grow and what the growth mindset is. Um, so I would say that page, you know, the page on, on post-traumatic growth and what it looks like and just how very possible it is. Amazing. Honestly, I could speak to you forever. <laughs> about this. <laughs> so, this is so cool. Um, but my, my final question for you, Dr. Sarah, this is my all-time favorite question. It's a hypothetical one. I want you to imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. All your friends and your family have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it all. We'll call it magic for sake of argument. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love it. It's great. Get it and show it to you on your hundredth birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? Oh, that's beautiful. You're going to make me cry. Beautiful question. It's lovely. Um, I, the, the two things that come to mind are, I think I would want people to be, or I hope that people will say that I was myself, that I was authentic, that I spoke my truth, because I think as I've, as I've, as I've grown and as I've healed, that's become really, really important to me is because before when I, when I wasn't well, and I can see I wasn't well, everything was about external validation you know, someone telling me or somehow, you know, whether it's through the material stuff or constantly looking for external validation, someone telling me I was worthy, someone telling me I was okay. And, and I've had a big shift away from that. Mm. You know, now uh, I've got, of course it can be triggered when I'm triggered, I can go back there to that place. But, but for me sort of, it's just such an important part of me now is that allowing myself to be, to be myself to speak my truth, irrelevant of how it's received. You know, I'm not, not saying ever being rude. I'm just saying, you know, speaking my truth, standing in my truth, owning it, stating my opinions without fear, stating my story without fear, um, being myself, you know, not, not putting on a show, not putting on a show anymore, no people pleasing. So I would love it if that was recognized and acknowledged. And then also the other word that came to mind was love. You know, I would, I would want, I feel very passionate about the fact that we're a, a, a big kind of, I feel like what's the point of life without, without it, you know, we have, we have to always reach for it, even though it's so painful, especially if we carry trauma, you know, especially if we want to avoid and run away and the relationships are uncomfortable and, ah, uh, but 
but but the growth and the healing and the connection and the faith and the you know that the wonderment the joy the spontaneity is from is from love isn't it it's from those connections you know even if it's just a small moment where I'm really connected with my kids so I would hope that they would say you know she led with her heart she lived she lived in a in a in a loving way she was a loving mother she you know she 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 was a loving friend she was a loving daughter that's that would be really important to me it's a lovely question i feel like that is a, a perfect answer to the question <laughs> and a great way to sort of wrap up our conversation today thank you so much dr sarah woodhouse for everything for going down this this journey and for teaching people how they can heal themselves from trauma and make sure everyone that you're listening to go and get a copy of her book you're not broken it'll be available literally after this goes live so you can go grab a copy now i believe you can pre-order it now as well but just go get a copy of it because <laughs> all of, every single one of us has experienced trauma and i think there's even a little bit of this conversation if it was valuable to you the book will be 10 times more valuable to you so go and go and get a copy of it i can't wait to get mine but thank you so much dr sarah for coming on the starbucks podcast today thank you so much Jay. it's been an absolute pleasure it's been such a lovely thought-provoking conversation i really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story i just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today it is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time when we dive back into the Storybox, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yeah.